All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic that they were interested in by either visiting our website techgumbo.net or by sending us a text to 225-255-0431. And this week the question is, I hate autocorrect on my iPhone. Is there anything I can do? Yes, and you are <laughs> not alone. Everyone has had the experience of having their autocorrect, changing words that they don't want into other words, missing words, and having to teach it new words. And this is this is a problem that can be in your hands. I was just going to say I, I get hammered all the time because I don't use an, an Apple. <laughs> so so I've... I, I, I've been able to control autocorrect forever, you know, and it's it's amazing that I, I even saw this article. I was like, wow, this is a question. <laughs> What's going on? And so, yes, on the iPhone, it's basically go to settings to general to keyboard, and then you can start using adding unique words or changing words and go to the, the text replacement tool and change the words that you need. And there's something similar on the Android. Right. If you go into your settings and you just search for auto, then it'll pull up auto correct, auto capitalization, auto punctuation. And there's actually a lot of different features that Android exposes to you in order to allow you to really personalize your experience. You can even start to get into things with the keyboard itself. If you think that your phone is too big and you have a hard time typing in it and you want to put it to one handed mode, you can slide the whole thing, the whole keyboard to the left or right. You can have it shift up or down. There's actually a lot of different features that you can play with in the Android, Lisa. I'm not, not the iPhone expert here, but there's a lot of customization you can do in order to make sure that what you are getting is actually the best experience for you. And you can do the same on the iPhone. You can have it to where it does correct your grammatical errors, or sometimes it, it leaves the grammatical errors alone. It's up to you how to make your choices. And if you want to use uh, foul language in your text, then you can have it not delete some of the things that you type in. And we'll let you just kind of guess what those words might be, because we're not going to use them here on the radio. Sometimes I spell so bad, the spell check is like, I have no idea what you're trying to say. <laughs> that definitely is a skill, is that you type the word the first time and spell check is just like, nope. And then you have to say, all right, let me try a little bit harder here. You have to go back and let me just get it close enough so that the computer can figure out what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. 
So the, the answer is yes, there is something you can do about autocorrect, and it's not just on iPhones. iPhones are Androids. You just got to go in your settings and make the changes that you that you want. And so thank you for that question. We will be sending you a tech gumbo mug for any of the any of you out, out there who would like to have a tech gumbo mug. Please go to our website, techgumbo.net, or send us the text 225-255-0431, and we'll be glad to send you a mug if we use your question. And the mugs are really, really awesome, by the way. So this week, we have a guest with us. We have Mr. Don Monastere. He's the president and CEO of General Informatics. Don, welcome back to Tech Gumbo. Mr. Haggai, I am enjoying every second of this. It has been a blast in the past, and now we get to do it again. Always glad to have you on. Everyone knows we're, this show is based out of Baton Rouge, and the biggest part of our audience is here in Louisiana. But... General Informatics, which started here in Baton Rouge, has grown outside the bounds of the Red Stick rather rapidly, I might say. Very much uh, so. What's, what's going on with the, the headquarters division now that we have four different divisions? What can we expect here, Don? Well, look, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and squash any rumors that might get started. HQ will not move uh, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, one of the things that I loved about this whole process uh, when uh, the, our, the private equity company that acquired General Informatics, which is out of Dallas, right? Um, they said, hey, we just love what's happening in Louisiana. What, you know, we had a very special brand of how we delivered services for IT and, and we want to bring it to the rest of the Southeast and potentially even North America. And so I, I was really excited about that whole process. And Mohit Beach, who, who founded General Informatics, uh, is on the board, and he was very clear when he said, hey, we're not moving HQ, and I'm a native of this area, so I'm like, don't worry, man, I, I totally get it. My mom lives in Hammond, and she would be very upset if I moved HQ, so uh, HQ is going nowhere, but we are expanding the, the organization as a whole. We have got four different regions now. We span all the way up through the Carolinas and all the way to Colorado. We have an office actually in California. It's very specific to the maritime industry. That's one of the verticals that we that we serve. But you know that whole southeastern area and into the you know the Texas area and Colorado is really starting to expand. We've had quite a bit of growth over the last year. Bought four companies in FY twenty. Well, excuse me, three in twenty twenty one and and one in January. So we've had our hands full for sure. But we're going nowhere. We're right here in Baton Rouge. So the you talk about how rapidly you've grown. How does this affect customer service? Whenever you are growing like this, that seems like it can make it hard in order to keep everything at that same quality, which was really the cornerstone of the original company. No, it's a great question. And, and it's one of the reasons why we have the, the organization broken down into regions. We have four regional managers. And if you can imagine, and I'll just use this as an example, each one of our regional managers, they were, well, two of them were the CEOs of companies we acquired. So these guys know what they're doing, right? They, they know exactly how to deliver services at a high level. And we've been very, very careful watching our SLAs and, and you know, our service delivery KPIs that we track every single day. What does it look like from a standpoint of a first call resolution? We track metrics like hound dogs. 
and making sure that our customers are happy and CSAT's part of that, right? So we've, we've done a, a really good job of making sure that the service still feels very local by creating those regions. And man, so far the feedback from our customers has been really positive. Okay, let's talk about some of these acquisitions and how you how the business has grown. And happily, I will say, not everything has been through acquisition. A lot of it has been organic. Yep. Talk to let's talk about that acquisition process. Yeah. So you know, a lot of people ask me the question, well, how do you go find these these companies to buy, and you know, how do you get involved in that and still work on the growth and work on the strategic planning? Well, I have a whole lot of help. Right. That's the one thing that that being funded by a private equity company is is very helpful. They have a team that is assigned to us and we have actually outsourced another team that goes out and searches for organizations that meet our culture, that meet our service delivery model. So integration's a lot easier post transaction. So a lot of the legwork by the time I get involved is done from a standpoint of the selection process. Then it becomes an issue of diligence and, and making sure that financially and, and as an organization, it makes sense. But the acquisitions that maybe aren't a cultural fit or don't fit our service delivery model, I never see those. So I don't have to waste time on that. That's been super helpful through the process, Haggai. That's pretty cool. Earlier, you mentioned that you already bought one business here in 2022 and you bought three back in 2021. What is it looking for the rest of the year? Are you yeah. guys still growing or what? Yeah. So I would say that in Q1, we kind of took a collective breath right after we transacted in, in uh, January, a uh, group out of Texas. And then we probably we have three more acquisitions that we're looking at pretty aggressive on, but but it probably won't happen until Q3, Q4. My focus this year has been on organic growth. We really feel comfortable moving into the Huntsville market and out of our central region and as well the Mobile market. We've, we've picked up a lot of customers in those areas and we feel like that's a great area for us to organically grow. And then incidentally, the North Shore here and in New Orleans, we've, we already have offices there, but, but the expansion has been phenomenal and, and, and making sure that we're set up for service delivery there is, is super important. So. We'll we'll put on a couple of acquisitions this year, but not nearly at the pace we had last year. Thank goodness. <laughs> so, Don, is there a market that you wanting to go to, wishing you were already in? I, uh, you know, I would say if there's one market that I want us to have more of a presence in, it's Florida. Like we we have some some customers in the Panhandle of Florida, in you know the Alabama, South Alabama area. But uh, we just hadn't found the the right the right fit, and I think that's a testament to we're just not out there acquiring companies or force fitting a, a square peg in a round hole. We have to. I mean, we've looked at four different companies in Florida and passed on all of them, and so that's something that I got to admit is is it's hard to do at times because my job is to grow the company. But at the end of the day, you can't throw bad money at a at a acquisition because. It's the only one that's in Florida. That's not that's not a good reason to acquire a company. And if it's not in keeping with our core values and, and you know, we our core values can do, will do attitude. If we've got people who feel like, hey, you know, we're not really focused on that service delivery model, we have to pass on it. But I'd love to be in Florida and I'm starting to really get my feet wet in Texas. That's a that's a market I've never been in in my career. And it's a it's a fun market to be in. If you're not expanding into Florida by acquisition, 
maybe that's a nice target for your organic growth. And so that's really aligns with the goals for 2022. You got it. I mean, absolutely. And and a lot of times we go where our customers pull us, right? And and we have had some opportunity in South Alabama moving into the panhandle of Florida. So as I get more and more presence in, like, say, the mobile market, we know that those adjacent territories is where we typically hit next. Makes a lot of sense. It, it would be remiss of me to have you here on a show talking about technology and not talking about cybersecurity. So all the, the political unrest going on in, in Russia and in, in Ukraine and everything, what's what's keep, keeps you awake when it comes to cybersecurity? All of what you just said. <laughs> Look, it's absolutely a concern. And Haggai, I would say that this time next year, you will probably see general informatics emerge more as an MSSP as well as an MSP. And I'll explain that a managed security provider as opposed to a managed services provider only. I think you'll see that transition happen over time. We already provide security services. And and a, a lot of people ask me, hey, what's the difference? What's the difference between a managed services security provider and just a managed services provider? And, and that is an organization that has a real focus from a consulting perspective, multiple certified security engineers on staff, and the ability to staff a security operations center, not just a network operations center. And we are, we are quickly getting to that place. And I would say this time next year, we will be you know, soundly an MSSP and, and an MSP. And Haggai, I would argue that MSPs who are not doing that, that's that's not going that's not going to last. They're going to be asking me to come acquire them as opposed to as opposed to trying to figure it out themselves. We we have already started this process last year and we already have security professionals on staff that we do various consulting engagements and and pen testing and you name it. All of the things that you have to be considering when you're considering security. I think we're ahead of the the game today. But look, at the end of the day, it's something we have to be concerned about because the attack vector for a single organization is is pretty narrow, right? But when I think about every one of the organizations that we support, in my mind, that widens it, even though that's not true. It widens it because I want to make sure that I'm on top of everything that my customers are asking me to do. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. You talk about making sure that you want to be on top of everything that your customers are looking for. What are some technologies that they are asking for, but maybe they don't need anymore? And how do you, you know, convince them that, hey, I get this how you used to do it, but we have a better way now. How does that conversation go? That's a, that's a good, that's a great question. Cause like it, sometimes the pain of change will override the change itself. And part of our responsibility is make sure the pain of change is not so great that it, it, it hinders people from embracing technology so they can increase their efficiencies inside their organization. It's really not as much a technology as it is, man, line of business applications drive me crazy sometimes because I'm working with customers who they've used the same line of business application for the last 12 years, right? Or 15 years. And they haven't upgraded it. They they haven't even evaluated upgrading it. And a lot of times that hinders us in making really good technical recommendations because we're using older technology 
to run older line of business applications so that they can continue to run their business, right? And so to a certain degree, I would argue that that's something that we we have to continue to kind of challenge our customers in, in that area because part of my job as a virtual CIO in many cases, as a customer success manager in many cases is, hey, here's where technology is hindering your business and it has a lot to do with the fact that we can't move out of this older technology and take advantage of some of the newer cloud-based technologies that exist today. You know, you mentioned a little bit about possibly we are moving at General Informatics towards the MSSP, the, the security practice. What are some other technologies that you see GI moving towards? Man, look, we just got access to our new private cloud in the central region. I'll use a term, a, a technical term, which is edge cloud compute, which really is, you know, it kind of speaks to some of this other conversation that we just had. If customers have legacy applications, slapping that thing in the public cloud doesn't work, right? A lot of times they have to take a step into the private cloud. We are about to to go live with our private cloud in the central region. We already have a private cloud here in the HQ region. We already have a private private cloud in West Texas. And so I have quite a bit of compute available very close to my customer base. So if they do have a line of business application or something that has high latency and, and they need to be close to their data, man, we have the opportunity to do that. So that's pretty exciting. And I wouldn't call that new technology, but it's it's new to us from a standpoint of having that compute in those areas. I would say from a new technology perspective, what we're doing in cybersecurity is groundbreaking. We, we've, through our own application development, as well as integration into some third-party applications that we've pulled in as part of our Fortress 365 suite, I can, I can say with massive confidence, 99.9% of all these phishing attempts are, are useless on our customers who utilize our entire Fortress 365 suite, which is hard to say. A lot of people are like, hey, don't say that because you're like, you're putting a target on us. But, but yeah, I mean, we've been able to do a really good job of making sure that this ransomware saga is going to eventually, hopefully end. Yeah, we, we spent a lot of time thinking about ransomware, talking about ransomware. And so that's awesome that's the you guys at General Informatics are, are out in front of it trying to be the people who are bringing it to an end. Yes. All wrapping up here, is it true that you have a book coming out soon? Yeah, so so I, I published two, uh, Enhanced Life Performance, Enhanced Executive Performance. The last is Enhanced Corporate Performance. And, and to try to summarize all of that, it really is kind of, I've spent 35 years in IT and seeing how other organizations really execute at a high level, both from a, an operational perspective, because my background is really operations, not, not necessarily technology, but also from an integration with technology and, and DevOps, you can call it a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, how do you get really good people to execute at a high level and bring those really good people executing at a high level into their careers, making sure that they're meeting the goals that they want to meet, and then putting that into a corporate framework that allows them to be at their highest and best use every single day. That's what that whole three book series is about. And I've had a lot of fun writing it, but I will admit that when I publish the the third in in the summer, I'm going to take a really big deep breath and stop writing for a little while. <laughs> 
And you're going to do some training on this too, aren't you? Yes. So part of the the book series, I do some training. Uh, in fact, if you'll uh, check it out on geninf.com, it's actually on our site and it's coming up. I want to say in May is the first one for enhanced life performance training. And we also have something that we call next level leadership training that we provide for ourselves internally as well at GI, as well as of others. So if you're interested, definitely uh, give us a call at General Informatics or you can email me, Don M at geninf.com. Don, really want to say thanks. Spend some time with us here on General Informatics. Man, you know, I always love doing this. It's super fun. I, I, I really appreciate you guys inviting me. Thanks so much again. Thanks you for being here on the show. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net, or send us a text, 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.